1: welcome to today's episode of the translation company talk podcast today we will be discussing a topic that is of a lot of interest to me personally we will be covering localization in the enterprise sector in germany a european superpower and export giant germany is a prime example of how localization has been integrated and harmonized across industries in so many sectors to speak about this topic i have invited adelina Christoval on this podcast for an interview today Adelina Kristovao is the product localization lead at Wult and has been in this role since September of 2022 where she manages localization across a variety of markets. Prior to that, she worked at Trivago and served as head of localization program complemented by such roles as agile facilitator and mentor after having started as localization project and team manager and team leader. And before that, she worked in a variety of localization management positions at Interconnect. She's a seasoned localization professional with a very deep understanding of the German localization market. She is based in Dusseldorf, Germany. Adelina, welcome to the Translation Company Talk Podcast.
2: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
1: Please introduce yourself to to this podcast to our listeners. Uh, this is the first time I'm talking to you. I'm excited to learn more about you.
2: Thank you. Yes, uh, yes. So my name is Aline, As you just mentioned, I've I've been working in the localization industry my entire career. Um, I've been I basically feel that I have uh, occupied all of the seats or most of or most of the seats that you can find in, in terms of the localization industry, which gives me this very nice 360 degree perspective or anything that is close to it. Um, and right. I really enjoy that. Um, so I started as a translator and a localization expert, but then I kept going in terms of uh, uh, project management. Uh, I was a uh project manager project manager on the on the seller side which was quite the experience i managed customers so real customers customers outside of your company which is something that i'm not doing now and from there i learned a lot uh, not only in terms of what what clients need but also on how a service provider of the language industry actually works what kind of pain points they have what challenges they face and this is uh this was a, a very nice thing to know and to have on board when I moved over to the buyer side. It um, I, I understood from that that it would make my relationship with the vendor that we had, in my former company, it would make it much easier to get the best possible out of that relationship. And I feel that that was really uh, good knowledge to have in order to get um, the best service for the company, but in the best possible way. Uh, so that was very nice. Um, And since then, I've been working on buyer side, so now I'm at Vault, um, working as product localization lead, and before this, I was at Trivago for several years, almost six, five and a half, I would say, where I had a localization topic globally, so for for all content types that we had, and that was also um, quite a learning experience, I have to say.
1: Normally, ask people about how they, they joined the localization industry. In your case, I already know how you joined the industry. But what motivated you to to go into the translation field, to learn about languages?
2: Well, actually, uh, yeah, what motivated me was my own personal story. But because I was raised as a bilingual, um right so in this in this setup i just translated all my life so i always had to somehow or interpret in this set, in the sense what people were saying in that we we either had people to visit or friends that were coming over and there were always people in in a group where i was in that couldn't understand the language of the other person so i was in the middle always kind of uh, supporting this communication um and this 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 i just slid into translation and then localization, it was like a natural continuation of what I was doing at home anyways. So I felt that this would make sense when it was time for me many years ago to choose um, a career path or better to choose a field of study. So I just went in and studied languages and here I am basically.
1: As they say you were born to do this.
2: Yeah, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) maybe, let's see, there's still a couple of years to go, but yeah, maybe this was at least a big part of the things I was born to do, yeah. (laughs) Adelina,
1: you've been involved in the industry for such a long time and and during this tenure of yours, uh, during this experience of yours, what has stood out to you significant in this industry that you think about And, and do you think that was an evolution of some sort, whether it was technology or process? or or the way people perceive localization? What's your experience?
2: Sure, that's a great question, actually, because this is definitely something that I really think about. So when I started, and 20, I'm 20 plus uh, years ago, I was a person on, I was a language person, which meant that I wasn't involved in any other part of, of any of the business or of work. So it was a new languages. It was like some telling people, um, well, uh, either you know math or you know languages, but you cannot know both. Or so it was like I was in this little bubble, and I wasn't expected to know anything about any anything else because I was just about the languages. So as as I moved forward, I understood that this was uh, not correct, obviously. At this point, from this perspective, we know. But I also learned that languages or communication, and when we move towards localization, it has so much so much to do with communication, and, and this is just. This is the base The base for all um, company, basically, because companies need to um, reach their consumers, their customers, their clients. Um, and if they cannot do it in a specific language, they need to use other languages to do it. So the language factor is not just, just language or just text. This is basically the enabler that allows businesses to, to work and to function and to serve this thing that we call globalization. So there are other factors that play into this but without localization it's just not possible to be global to do globalization and this was for me the biggest learning Um, and in terms of my personal development my biggest win i would say um, in the sense that i figured out that actually it's not just about languages and it's not there's more for me to learn and to understand and to apply this knowledge into in order to serve something that is a little bit greater than just translating a to b Um, and and i would say that this was What I understood and what I reflect about when I'm working, how can localization serve not only the company that I'm working for or in or with, but also this global economy um, and this um, uh, creating accessibility for people.
1: You're right. There's so many pieces to this economy or language economy, if you call it. Um, That's why today I invited you to speak about localization and the enterprise sector in Germany. Um, that, That segment is very unique. Uh, please give us an overview from your perspective, Adelina. How things are done in this area today? Please give us a high-level view of localization in this market.
2: Sure. In well, Germany is an exporting country, right? As we know, um, it exports not only to European countries but also to to the US, which is one of I would say probably the biggest uh, the biggest target. Also, China um, and. Uh, Austria, so some of the, the European countries and some of the countries that are not European, and in order to support this ex- export effort, um, there is uh, there are several language service providers that provide the services to the companies. Companies always look for cheap, right? So, quick and cheap. Right. So this is, this is what everybody seems to be looking for, and I think at this point, we've reached the point where quick and cheap doesn't cut it anymore, um, and we need to make things efficient and effective um and in that sense i think generally speaking and i don't know all of the all of the enterprise um all of the enterprise field in germany of course but from my experience i see that there is a shift happening where localization is being taken more seriously not only in terms of how we do it but also the output that we are creating uh, for the for the for our target groups, um, and this obviously led to a development of the role of localization experts and of the search of localization experts that could support companies uh, to do this. I would say another interesting factor is that enterprises are also looking for translation management systems and softwares, and this led to the growth or to the sprout of several companies that are raised in Germany, smart startups that are actually working on some of uh, very interesting tools uh, to support this effort. So um, I would say in terms of enterprise at this point, this is what occurs to me. It's
1: a very unique perspective. And I think that uh, given that Germany is a unique market for localization, but I'm, I'm interested to dive deeper in that, Adelina. What makes the German market so unique compared to other European markets or even North America?
2: There's a lot of content being localized into these languages um but also of course Germany is also an import country um so the effort is the effort goes in both ways in terms of localization uh well the the focus is uh is on actually uh translating things into English which is something that we, it's not the native language, so so in order to actually access markets like U.S., which is the biggest or one of the biggest export countries, we need to do that. Uh, so there's a lot of um, expertise already in translating German to English. Um, I also, German to Chinese, where, where a lot of the businesses are being done. Um, German being a country where there there is so many inhabitants, so with the po- population being being so big. Um, also, the products that are being imported into into Germany need to be um, need to be localized. So I, th- I think that without this localization effort, um, all of this import export uh, wouldn't really be happening in the same way.
1: How much of the localization, in your opinion, do enterprises perform inside Germany, and how much of that gets done outside of Germany uh, in order to to enable this trade?
2: Well. The biggest trend, the biggest localization companies are not sitting in Germany. Uh, in order to achieve that kind of scale, I would understand that there's a lot of uh, search for localization services that are outside of Germany. So the biggest localization companies um, are, are e- they can serve companies easier, and then yes, would through scale achieve better price, and they have bit more access to technology. So. From my understanding, um, and from the vendors that I've used so far, um, there is a lot of, when a company needs a, a big range of volume and a big range of languages, they would most easily resort to a company outside of Germany. On the other hand, there are also, the, I, I think there's also a search for freelancers that translate either from English to Germany or from Germany, from German to English, meaning that when the company is not looking at translating such a big volume or doesn't have so many languages they would also like to resort to internal freelancers or in that sense to smaller uh, language service providers where they feel that they can have a more um, a more close relationship with the project managers and also with the linguists so for smaller companies smaller agencies or freelancers but when the company has more then I would say they would resort to an external company, uh, like searching for the top five on, on a world scale, for example, to make sure that they have access to everything that there is in terms of getting scale for speed and for output as well
1: let me ask you about the dark market the, the the german austrian and swiss market where there's a common denominator when it comes to the german language is there local localization that happens for those markets
2: um, generally we just uh it's generally we reuse german for all right. all of the all of the dark markets um, this can be questioned and or challenged uh, because there is, I would say, when it comes for about when it comes uh, to the difference between German and Austrian German, there would be maybe 1% that cannot be or that should be adjusted because there is a cultural difference that would be relevant in order to get a more local tone. So if this is something that the company is looking for and believes will support their sales strategy then uh, definitely it should be considered to not adjust completely whatever is being uh, created for Germany, but to adjust a percentage of it to the local language of Austria and Switzerland. Let's
1: talk about uh, a typical enterprise. Uh, You can talk about your own organization or another one. What is a typical localization team and structure? Um, How is it set up in Germany and how is that different from other enterprises globally?
2: Well, it depends, but there's, like I said before, the the role of the localization experts has been uh, witnessing uh, development. So there is more interest at this point and there is more value given to the role of the localization expert. So I think at this point we are transitioning from doing like very homemade localization like everybody can do it or, you know, it's just a a group effort to actually finding professionals that can lead and drive the efforts in terms of localization. So I think it has the the understanding that this is a complex topic that should be uh, getting the right focus and also the right expertise is growing. So I believe companies are actually starting to build or resize their localization teams keeping this in mind. Not only I I think companies are looking to get a thing that is generally called a localization manager um, and after they onboard this kind of um, professional, they will realize or are realizing that they also need to add a team to this. Um, and that this team, um, the, the bigger the team is, or the, the more com- the more complete the team is, the easier it will be to actually um, master the complexity of localization and the volume that uh, localization sometimes has.
1: When we talk about localization in the German enterprise segment, something that you have experienced with, I don't know what languages and markets are paramount. You you alluded to Chinese earlier, to English, but what what other languages? Uh, I mean, Africa is right now. Uh, becoming more of um, you know uh, an emerging market is is that something that Germany is looking at in terms of localization? Uh,
2: I would say no at this point at least not with local languages if uh, Germany is targeting Africa it would be using the more of the global languages like French for example Um, eventually a little bit mm, French I would say at this point would be is already a language that Germany is targeting because France is one of the biggest recept- receptors of um, exportation. Um, even Dutch, Dutch would also be a language that they could reuse to target um, African countries because that's also one of the languages that, that they're already using. So, and when it comes to, to emerging markets, um, and before this has proven the return that would make sense to uh, invest a lot of more money in in localization, I would assume that the companies reuse or um, extend the usage of content that they already have into those new markets until they understand um, if it returns in a way that would justify more investment. Do
1: enterprises, uh, do they produce localization output for any homegrown consumption? For example, there's massive amounts of uh, foreign speakers who are based in Germany, whether in the form of um, immigrants or people who have roots in other countries that are based in Germany. Uh, Do enterprises try to reach out to them in their own languages or German is the dominant language?
2: Uh, Unfortunately not. Uh, So, I don't think that there has been an effort in that direction. Um, uh, So, internally, people are basically almost 200% served in in German, which, uh, with the exception of eventually um, health departments, like when it was time for Corona, for example, um, I noticed that some of the documentation was also written in several of the languages of... um, um, people that were not native to, Germ- to Germany, in order to make sure that they would receive this information. Generally speaking, I see most of the communication from the companies to their clients done in German. Um, however, um, if companies choose to make all languages available in all countries, which is the tendency, um, then it would be possible without extra effort to actually make more languages available to people living here. Um, and this is, this is the case uh, with my own organization Vault, for example, um, where in, everybody in Germany can um, have access to the, to the apps in their own languages, um, if the language is a, is, a, is a language that we already do for Vault. But I don't think that this is generalized so far. Which is well, a at
1: least, at least that's a step in the right direction because enterprises have noticed that by expanding language reach, they are able to grow. They are able to um, increase adoption rates.
2: Definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, to increase use base, you gain new Good users, range. of course. Then we would need to expand language. If they, however, it depends on the number of users, right? So if the number of users is not that big, um, and uh, and then they would probably make the decision to. Uh, so it depends on on how many users they estimate are using the language, um, and in that case, they would decide to do the effort of trying to reach them or not, and also if they are a part of the target uh, market segment. Um, so yeah, it, it absolutely, also, it also depends on that. Yeah.
1: If you look at the past 24 months, I mean, you referenced uh, the pandemic and how some of the communication was translated and, and localized. The past 24 months has been very volatile in terms of economic and market conditions. How did German enterprises react with regards to their budgets for localization in general? Uh,
2: From what I could observe, I think in the beginning uh, there was a concern and maybe there was also an an attempt to reduce languages, for example, but uh, rather sooner than later it was noticed that that was probably not the right way to go um, because the opportunity in um, in the online marketplace just became too obvious. Um, and the the opportunity to actually reach new markets without having to, in, to without to having to increase a, a, a physical presence in the countries was also recognized. So from what I know, from uh, from data collected in the, in the localization industry, there has been a, a very massive growth in terms of localization need, which indicates that companies have actually accelerated their localization during the pandemic and not reduced. Um, so, which which goes against what was initially uh, feared uh, by localization uh, industry people that now there would be less work, but the opposite happened. And I think here in Germany, the same thing happened as well. Um, there will if there were several companies that decided to um, suddenly create an online presence because they figured out that this was the only way to actually increase sales or keep sales or not lose sales completely during the pandemic. And for the localization industry, this was very beneficial and probably also for the users, right? Because now they have access, much more access to much more products online.
1: And that's quite clear now that uh, with language, more people are getting online and then they have access to more services. When you look at the German enterprises, uh, whether in the automotive sector or Um, and technology sector, I'm assuming localization is a very mature process, uh, given how long they've been around. What is the playbook or framework that they're using? Uh, Adelina, how how deep does localization go? Do they, for example, just translate text? Or in case of some companies, they they go much deeper than that. They localize their, their cars. For example, the driver's seat has to be on a specific side, depending on the laws of the country. How much thought goes into that?
2: Yeah, that is a good question. Um, The example of the car, yes, uh, I I think or I believe that uh, those kind of industries that have been uh, internationalizing their products, like the car industry in Germany, since for uh, for a long time, they definitely have a a strong playbook that tells them what to do in which country and how to to, um, delight customers with their products based on a cultural uh, um, awareness. Uh, I don't think that we are doing this in um, other sectors or in many other sectors so companies that realize that of course because in the in the car industry we see this often or we know that there when we travel abroad that there are cars from a specific brand that exists in one country but we don't see it in the others or we see a car in one country that we don't know from from Germany in this case, <laughs> um, which then means that, yes, they uh, they actually localize their products and make them very culturally relevant. And this is, uh, this is great. Um, and we see that this is what users like or even more what delights them, what makes them uh, buy something because it feels close to home. We don't take things so deeply in other industries. Um, we are still very close to the thought of English serves them all, or at least we are still too close. We are localizing into languages but still focusing on what we're doing only for one market and if we are using like the us as a a reference market uh, we make things we don't go deep enough generally speaking this is my experience Um, there is no playbook as far as i know Uh, that still needs to be written um, about how to actually go deeper in localization understanding the kind of complexity that comes from it and finding a team that is able to manage this kind of complexity uh, and without uh, without um, without losing control over things and, and without blocking the product development process. So I think we can go much deeper in this um, and this is the challenge the challenge that that we localization managers also face when we work for a company or with a company to help them uh, take this step from. Uh, one solution serves all users in all countries to let's find out or let's figure out how we could adjust our our solutions in order to make them more culturally relevant for our users and consumers across the globe, if that's the case. Um, And also for me personally, this is a topic that I'm really um, looking into and trying to understand better in, in, in order to support companies in a better way.
1: I'm sure you have a rough idea Adelina but how much localization work gets done in-house in a German enterprise versus how much gets outsourced.
2: Yeah, that is uh I have a rough idea. Uh there there is no 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 official account on that of course, but I would say that there's still a lot of localization done in-house. Um because like I just said, um localization or companies generally speaking feel that Everybody can translate. If you have native speakers from everybody in, from everywhere in the world, why not have them translate the content and the marketing, the copy and all of this? because they're there and they speak the language and that's enough. So although on one hand, there is a, have, there's been a raise in, um, in, in valueness uh, of localization um, experts, there is still this idea that we, we cannot make it too expensive and people from outside don't understand the product so let's do it in-house and just outsource where we don't have native speakers to do it so this is a tendency as well um so i would say that there's still much more or there's still maybe 50 percent of it is still being done in-house and some of it is being outsourced to to companies. Whereas uh, from my experience, there's always native people from the company involved in this process as well.
1: What is a typical localization model for a German enterprise at Elena? Do they centralize all the work in Germany or... If you look at a multinational automotive or a bank, for example, do they also allow local offices or branches in other countries to make localization decisions and perform that type of work?
2: From what I know, I would say it's more the centralized model. So if if you have a team and this team sits uh, in Germany, then this team would most likely take care of most of it. Um, I've also come across of of with, with companies that don't do that. But there is always like, even if there are local teams, there is still a centralized team calling the shots. And the, the range of decision-making that is given from the centralized team to uh, to more local teams uh, can vary and can, can actually be very tight. Uh, so this also prevents a little bit that we get more local relevant experiences. Um, if the centralization is built up in a way that prevents to harvest uh, the value from having local teams.
1: How much value does a a German enterprise place on localization compared to North American companies where localization is still an afterthought for some organizations because they assume everyone speaks English?
2: Yeah, well, the same same is true for for German companies. If they somehow have a very strong connection to the U.S. or uh, U.S. leads, which can also happen, um, then it's true that uh, also here in Germany, it can be that um, English is used as a as a as a measurement for everything um but i think we're we're, if we have a typical company that that is a german company and that that just wants to export to the us and also to other countries then there is more uh, a feel for for cultural um uh, diversity right and that we maybe need to serve different customers in different countries with different kind of, of translations or localization our solutions.
0: This podcast is made possible with sponsorship from Hybrid Links, a human in the loop provider of translation and data collection services for healthcare, education, legal, and government sectors. Visit hybridlinks.com to learn more.
1: Would you say that uh, localization efforts are fairly compensated in the German enterprise market? Uh, with cost of living going up and uh, interest rates, inflation, and everything, it's not the same as last year or the year before. Are translators and localization participants happy with their quality of life in Germany?
2: I think in Germany, yes, because there has been a growth in demand, and uh, with the growth in demand came a shortage of talents, also in the localization area, and this made the the, the price or the the cost or the the um, the value of localization people uh, go up. So. They were able to negotiate uh, better prices a little bit, and companies had to do this. So I think that here in Germany, there was always um, uh, good conditions for translators and localization experts to uh, to live and to exist. But that recently, with this, with this growth in the last two years that it has improved.
1: Do localization managers, that Lina, from enterprises in Germany and, and obviously the larger DOC region, do they collaborate to come up with standards and best practices that serve all, all of the people in that area?
2: We try, we try, but I, don't, I think we could collaborate more. There are networks like localization roundtables, for example. Uh, sometimes as localization is very close related to business models or to business strategy, sometimes it's a little difficult to go deep in the sharing of knowledge in order to create this kind of alignment but there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, com- there's a big community of localization managers and localization experts that try to learn from each other
1: traditionally localization has been performed as you said by a localization team and uh, you know there was a certain way of doing things but technology these days present so many new opportunities. I mean, AI is used for machine translation. It's also used for transcreation to some degree, and soon it will be used for generating content. Um, how is that adoption in, in the German market? Uh, is, uh, is it still a tr- conservative traditional model where they rely on, on human powered localization or there are innovation happening that you see, uh, which the rest of the world has not seen yet?
2: Uh, I would say no, unfortunately. Um, I think the, the traditional model is, is is still the typical one, so to speak. Um, innovation is coming from outside. Um, so the linguists and the translators are a little bit resistant, maybe less now, but they were resistant to new technologies like MT and also AI. Uh, anything that would give them the impression that um, That the quality would be reduced because they they didn't invest so much in the in the output so that's that's one thing that maybe blocked or created a bit of attrition in the adoption of these new things but also companies generally are a bit more on the conservative side and to sell a solution that is like machine translation based or ia based doesn't get you so much trust in your service as when you say it's all done by humans translated by humans reviewed by humans proofread by humans it's all humans so as soon as you introduce like a more automated step um, mistrust uh, happens and it needs then to be uh, counter argued why this is not causing a a worst output and what what benefits it can actually have especially if the content is of a high scale so I would say the 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 German German enterprises um, could take things a little bit further in terms of um, automation and the use of technology to actually meet the client's needs. Again, also this um, is a challenge that presents to language service providers here in Germany. There is some adjustment needed Um, and it depends if it's a bigger company with with more people and not owner-managed, maybe this innovation comes quicker. If it's owner managed and this owner has the company, let's say, for 20, 30 years, it will be a little bit more difficult to open up to this challenge.
1: As we reach the closing or the end of this uh, conversation, Adelina, uh, I would like to ask you about what kind of message or advice would you offer to localization managers and German enterprises? Uh, we have quite a few listeners from there. How can they do their work better?
2: What what I would suggest or what I would or what I do in my own work and that I feel has um, helped me move forward is to uh, stay creative and to stay flexible um, and to never use same solutions for different issues or even for, for same issues, especially if they come from a different team or from a different side of the company. Um, it's key to always understand the use case or the business need or the business goal. So, and, just, and adjust all solutions to this. So to completely stay fluid, and liquid, like the same spot, uh, and always be able to adjust to to the needs of um, of clients, either internal or external. And to understand these needs is key in order to do good work. So this is this is what I use and what has uh, been helpful for me to develop in my role and in my work.
1: That was a fantastic conversation. I really enjoyed and learned so much you know, about the enterprise localization market and how things are done in that sector in Germany. You have so much experience and knowledge, and uh, I think you have been very gracious in sharing that with the industry today. I want to continue this conversation in the future, and with that, let me thank you for your time that you took out of your busy schedule today.
2: Thank you very much for having me today. It was my pleasure.
1: Okay, it's time for my roundup of the interview and my analysis as to what has been discussed. Germany is always a fascinating market and it is not new to localization or the translation sector. In fact, over the past century, Germany has driven localization to new levels due to its unique language, culture and geography. Given that it is such an export giant, it will always need localization for its major markets and it seems like German enterprises will need to localize content for new and emerging markets as well. On the import side of the equation, Germany already needs to localize content from a variety of markets and languages and that need will always be there. I understood from Adelina that German enterprises still have ways to go in order to develop full localization maturity, which is a business requirement today more than any other time in the past. If you are thinking of working with German enterprises on the localization front, you may need to understand their unique needs and adapt your services and offerings accordingly. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Translation Company Talk podcast. I hope you found this conversation today as interesting and insightful as I did. I think it is important to cover regional markets and opportunities and I would appreciate it if you could share specific markets that we could discuss in our future episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to the Translation Company Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or your platform of choice and promote this episode by sharing it on social media, giving us a like or thumbs up or adding comments. Until next time.
2: Thank
0: you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode.
1: that brings us to the end of this episode i hope you liked my conversation with matt train and were able to use the learnings in your business to improve how you deliver value to your clients don't forget to